What's going on with these videos? It's doing my head in. I'm gonna just, just have to get rid of them. Sorry, man. How are you doing, guys? Uh, my intro completely fucked up, as everyone knows. But this video never works, and I don't know why. But anyway, welcome to Melvin. Good evening, everybody. Nice to be back with you, Andrew. Good evening. Better than that, you know. Like sometimes and on that Ryan channel, that you know, <laughs> you know. Luckily, can't hear what I'm saying. Luckily, Ryan can't hear what I'm oh, saying. The, I uh, much prefer your channel. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I know. It's, it's so negative all the time. Where's Ryan really? coming on? Is he coming on later, Ryan? I think oh, he's, I don't know where he's coming on at all. He's always late, isn't he? Oh, hang on. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're behind me. I'm the least negative person here, especially in, well, especially in Europe. We talk about some other people, but yeah. Oh dear, there's a whole other show. Well, <laughs> exactly, absolutely, it is. And uh, yeah, after that disastrous start, we're um, still waiting for Chappers as well, who will be with us very shortly. He's messaged me, he's got problems with his connection again, as always, but we'll push on. And I've I mentioned to you all on the sort of WhatsApp earlier, you know, we've no one needs to hear anymore about this horrendous defeat we had at the weekend it was so depressing everyone knows that already so going to try our best to keep things upbeat today mm. if we possibly can uh try and find any morsels of positivity that are out there at the moment for arsenal fans it's, uh, you can see from from melvin's face that you know he's finding it hard bless him are you melv yeah you work you were going to get your face painted to make you look happy, yeah. weren't you, tonight? Yeah. Yeah. So you'd end up looking like uh, the Joker. Um, but, yeah, we're going to uh, do our best to, to do that. We're going to see where the conversation takes us. Like we, we basically just have a bit of a, as the name suggests, our tete tete on a Wednesday. So we can just uh, chat about everything Arsenal, really. So I'm going to start with you, uh, Melvin. I asked you to see if you could possibly get some positive to some positivity to talk about, rather. Uh, what you come up with? I bet you, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed there. No, I'm going to, there's a, there's, a, there's a little word in our language called if, and it means such a lot. And mm. if, and I have at the moment, I've still got confidence in the manager. And if you've got confidence in our manager, I think it's going forward, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, going forward, we have got the basis, not necessarily 
the spine, which everyone talks about, mm -hmm. the basis of a very, very good first 11. They talk about yeah. people wanting to have great squads. And you do need squads because of injuries and what have you. But if your first 11 is solid, if one or two have to come in and go out, it doesn't really matter. You don't need double for every position. Look at the, the, the great Liverpool team at the moment. They hardly use yeah. many players in their league. And I think we should aspire to that. You know, all the great teams yeah. were like that. We had it years ago. We, we practically know, knew, sorry, knew what our first 11 would be. And it breeds confidence as well with the, with the players. They know each other so much better. So if you've got faith in the manager, which I've got, we've got five or six oh, or seven, actually. Hmm. Six or seven very, very good players. And I'm, Yeah, I'm absolutely. Hoping, I'm hoping that our manager will sort out the wheat from the chaff. But to look hmm. at now the players that he can trust and those that he can't. It's all, you know, he said at the beginning he's going to wipe the slate clean. Hopefully, he's done that, but the proof will be in the pudding. Hopefully, he knows Absolutely. now. Who he, in the, you know, you find out about players when tough, when it gets tough, not when it's easy, right? And this has been tough for us, really all season, really, but especially the the last game, which we won't talk about. <laughs> but he now, he can now see the players that will let him down on on a, on, a, on a normal basis. So I'm going forward. I'm quite relaxed. I might have said it a long time ago. Where we are now, forget about the position because it's early days, but where we are now to defensively, I'm not attacking it defensively, I'd have taken it 12 months ago. I wouldn't have believed it with these type of players, yeah. but I'd have taken it. So we have definitely, definitely here got something to build on, and that's my positive the evening. That's fantastic. Do you know what? You shocked me, Melvin. I'm, I'm actually really you know, buoyed by what you just said. You know, it's like a, a proper TED talk. Thank you for that. That's wicked, you know. I think, but uh, to be serious, I think that the three goals we let in at the weekend, a bit of a, I don't know, it's just one of those days. I'm not worried at all about the defence, even though we let in those three goals at the weekend. It's still the, you know, it's up front where we've got the issues. And anyway, I'll come on to what I was going to talk about in a bit. I'm going to move on to, to you, Ryan, see what... Uh, what your positive thought for the day is on Arsenal? Well, pretty much the same as Melvin. It's, it is early days. People have got to remember, it's early days. Uh, this is Mikel Arteta's first job as well. He's won us a trophy, not trophy, because Community Shield is off. It's a charity thing. Exactly. Yeah. If we lived in Spain, it would be quite important. You know, the, oh, they oh. call it a super cup over there, don't they? <laughs> super duper cup. Well, not just Spain. Lots of other countries, yeah. But yeah. Sorry, go on. No, uh, he's won us an FA Cup. Just in the one, obviously, out of everything we came into the, into the job, it was a complete mess. Everywhere, everywhere you looked, it was like the players weren't happy. The players weren't happy with the previous manager and whatever happened there in the end. And he had to he had to go on something, get something out of these players to salvage something from this from that previous season. And I think, honestly, if <coughs> COVID had obviously COVID hadn't happened and the league hadn't been shut down. We possibly could have got fifth or fifth or fourth in the league because of the form we were going into that time. And people, mm. just think people, certain people have short memories and they forget them sort of things. Yeah, and yeah, we weren't we weren't we weren't conceded a lot. We weren't scoring up, but we were, we were we were hard to beat and we were grinding results out and getting wins suddenly out of nothing. 
it, the last game we played before lockdown was West Ham at home. I remember being there with my cousin. And we were like, West Ham completely dominated that game pretty much. But we got out of that game with a win. It was majorly important at the time. And then obviously lockdown happened. Our football league got uh, put on pause until the summer. And that's sort of, if you think about it, it did to stop the flow because we were just getting into the flow of things there. And obviously, come back, had a couple of defeats in the league, but we still got a few wins under the belt as well. And got, people got to remember that. When last last league game against Watford, they had something to fight for. Let's be honest. They had to win to get to stay up them, themselves. But we, we did. We took them to we took them to the cleaners basically one three nil four nil oh no not four nil three one or four four one something like that but mm-hmm. it was so we do we do know these plays without Urzel because we'll probably come at some point without Urzel we do know how to attack and be and be creative it's just the players themselves not just the manager and the manager sometimes sometimes the players have to take responsibility themselves especially nowadays they don't take. You can't take the wages out of the equation anymore because they're on stupidly high wages a week. That's all their sponsorships, this, that, and the other. Because they turn up twice a week, home or away, and perform. And sometimes they're going to drop form. But this, this dropping form against and dropping points against the likes of Villa at home and Leicester at home, it's got to stop. And I know mm. it's early, this is what I'm saying. It's early days. Thing, Arteta is going to make mistakes, but he's learning from it. And he took responsibility. Don't, you don't want to talk about Sunday, but after that match, he came out and said, it's all on me, not the players. I made the mistakes. Yeah, them. that was good to hear. But he, And for years, we've seen the, the Arsenal Wenger's and even in Miami not take that sort of responsibility and not give us a, a reason why this thing's happened. He's open mm. enough to say, you know what? I've made the mistake, but I'm going to learn from it. And in these next two weeks, while we've got the international football, I'm going to work on figuring out the best way forward to get things back to where they should have been, where they were. And that's that's refreshing to hear. Because as yeah, I said, for so yeah. long, we had the, the excuse of it's a referee's fault, it's that person's fault, it's this person. No, for once, he's just gone, no, all on me. And I, I exactly appreciate that you know, more than anything. But the players themselves have get to take, uh, take responsibility as well. Absolutely, say, yeah. Yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt. I can just say that we talk about we beat Liverpool at home, we beat United away. Da, 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 da. There was one performance that really gave me a lot of hope this season. Or was it last season? I don't know. Where no, must have been this season. No, last season. Sorry, yeah, last season. Great <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Wolves away. I mm. saw a change there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And no one seems to mention that game. I thought we played that perfectly. We, you know, oh, it was. Uh, it, I, I totally agree with you, Melvin. That it was really encouraging, and people have forgotten that we were struggling to win away at all, anywhere. Exactly for, uh, for years. You know, we are winning. I know it's a bit skewed at the moment because of the no crowds business, and uh, it's hard to gauge. You know um, whether it actually means as much anymore, but. We are. We're winning away, and uh, we really need to take encouragement from that. And what I'm, my positive part, and Chappers is here now, so just quickly say hello. Hi, boys. As long as you've got your style up. Hello, you're right. Oh, oh yeah. How are you doing? Have you got a bed rail? 
Hey, what? Are you wearing a beret? No, I've got a beret on. Just some more uh, new interesting barnet experiments. You know me, Andrew. I won't leave it alone, will I? <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Anyway? At least you've got a barnet. I'm okay, mate. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what I've missed. Have I missed much? Some dancing uh, girls. You've missed the Melvin actually being positive. Okay. Well, I, for a minute, I thought that maybe I might have met, I thought maybe Ryan had found a cure for coronavirus and perhaps, you know, Melvin had, had no. sort of addressed the inequalities in the world's sort of financial uh, wealth um, system. And um, perhaps, um, Andrew, that you'd written, you know, like the modern day version of the Kubla Khan. But do you know what? Melvin being positive, that trumps it all, mate. That trumps it all. Melvin. And, uh, and, and Ryan, Ryan is, uh, Ryan's told me that he's uh, already one quarter of the way through the Karma Sutra with his missus as well. So that's that's quite positive. All right, DM me, Ryan. I need to know. Be careful to Richard, who's watching as well, and Albert. Nice to see you. Uh, you go, Ryan, um, Chappers, you go yeah. with your positive thing for the podcast now as well. What what have you found and dug around and sort of, you know, look at the, the little pigs that go around looking for truffles. Have you yeah. found anything that's positive about Arsenal to talk about? Yes, I have. I mean, I don't know if you guys have said this already, but Gunnosaurus is back, man. That's a point, actually. Oh, yes. Yesterday, yesterday, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't get from Mr. Ozil. Verb barrel scraping, rearranging these well-known words. <laughs> He's back, baby. He's back. I was going to say, didn't last long, did it? <laughs> no, absolutely. And Mesut Ozil won. You know, he's put the he's put the club where they belong in the gutter, isn't he? Good old Mesut. <laughs> but no, it is very good to see him back. Very good, the green little the little fella. Well, he's not so little, is he? He's quite big, but he's that's good. good. Well. Very good. He's, a he's, he's good. He's I, back, but I don't think he's overworked. Do you? No, no, exactly. <laughs> but. Um, He's just giving out the positive vibes. That's all we need at the yeah, moment. That's all we need. I think that the uh, defeat could be a very, very positive thing in its own right. Because things are were going along, ticking along very smoothly. And Mesa, uh, Mesa, bloody hell, got him on your brain now. Get out of my head. Um free, mate. Mikhail. I know, Mikel, right, he obviously thought, thought uh, you know, winning 1-0, it's perfect, it's great. You know, we, we keep going along, keep going along. I think it's the best thing that could have happened to him, getting uh, getting beaten 3-0, because he's, you know, he finally realises what it actually feels like to have got spanked. We It's very unlikely. I thought we were very unlikely to ever get beaten 3-0 under Mikel Arteta. But the fact that he has now, He's got to do something about the attack. He knows that the defence is a lot stronger, but it's not perfect because we're just letting three goals against Villa. But he, he knows more than ever now that it, it's, we're absolutely desperate to start sorting out this uh, attacking issue we've got. And he's got two weeks to properly 
resolve this issue and, and do something different. He know he's not a stupid man. He knows that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is not going to work, surely, to God. So this two-week break, as bad as it is, and how much we all hate interlulls, but it could be an absolute blessing in disguise. And I think that two, that defeat just before this, he's got nothing to do over the next two weeks but think about that and how he's going to make things better. And I, I'm really... I think that's that's going to be a good thing in the long run. Short, you know, this pain, you know, short-term pain for a long-term gain. And I, I'm quite positive about that that will happen. I think during lockdown, um, you know, lots of people a bit have sort of taken to sort of uh, taking up new hobbies and stuff like that. You know, some people like to do a little bit of crocheting. Yeah, well, like Ryan with his Karma Sutra. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, Ryan's doing the Karma Sutra. Um, some people mm. like to do a jigsaw. Mikel has has chosen possibly the most difficult jigsaw to put together, uh, and he's only got a two week time span to complete this very very difficult jigsaw. Um, he knows what's wrong. He know well. He knows the, he knows that the attack's not working, and he knows why it's not working. But uh, I'm not 100 percent certain that he knows how he's going to fix it. Um, he is. I mean, the thing. The thing about Mikel Arteta and and uh, the fact that there's a, a microscope on him at all times, mainly because of his a because of his con connection to Arsenal, b because when he got the job, he was very much an unproven manager. Uh, for him, it's he's he's going to be aware of of all this, um, and so it's it it's very much the the whole thing is is kind of uh, enhanced. If you like, it, it's an enhanced kind of uh, um, thing for him that he know he, he knows that he, he has to fix it. I mean, he's good with pressure, I think. Um, and who knows whether he, if he's got the wherewithal to, to be able to, to sort of sort this mess out. I, I agree with you, Andrew, in the fact that it, it really was a bump back down to earth. And... Mm. The thing that has been concerning me about the team more than anything is that we aren't just aren't scoring those goals from, especially from a you know from open play, and he needs to he needs to address it very very quickly. I mean, I personally mm. think that the guy's got a really really good footballing brain, and a few tweaks to the system here and there um, is going to be able to free. I think you know it's going to have to be ultimately that we sacrifice a little bit of that validity and a little bit of that structure in order for uh, to, to let those creative players such as Saka and Obama Yang and, um, <coughs> and kind of go out and and, and uh, address those those issues and, and break out of that structure mm. and kind of create something that's, that's going to get some goals, basically. Definitely. And uh, one other major piece of uh, positivity is the fact that it looks like um, Gabriel Martinelli is ahead of schedule um, to come coming back. It looks like he's going to be back before the end of December. Um, you can't so see me running my mate. I'm sorry. I know, I'm... yeah. It's a, <laughs> you know, just don't get exci too excited I am. live on YouTube. But <laughs> afterwards, you can do what you like. 
But um, <laughs> I mean, that, that is seriously good uh, because if there's any chance whatsoever of him getting back into the team, finding some form, you know, getting his match fitness um, before the end of the year, I mean, what a boost that would be. And it would give us the possible opportunity of uh, maybe selling Lacazette in, the, in January. You never know. You never know. We were £2 million away from selling him uh, in the summer. So we? maybe what get that choice. What was the no. bid? Yes. Juventus offered us £22 million. To, and we wanted £25 right. million pound minimum. Uh, it's two or three million pound. And it, nope, not joking at all. I'm not joking oh. at all. I actually think, I actually think that he is probably worth more than that. I, I although exactly, obviously, yeah. on form, obviously on recent form, that isn't the greatest. Uh, um, <laughs> it's not the greatest advertisement, but all things in, considered, but we were in a deflated market, and at the very much at the beginning of the season, we didn't know what his form was going to be like anyway. I think he is worth more than that, and we should actually wait to 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 cash him for a slightly bigger bid. Chappers, I yeah. disagree. No, I think we will get rid of it. Look at it. Oh, I, what I think I don't. You're saying it's worth, say, thirty million. It's not worth thirty million to us because if you're going to keep him, that means he's going to play. If he's going to play, that means there's other people I think are better than him that should be in the centre forward position. If you like a Bamiyang, we get Martinelli back. The obvious thing for me was putting Martinelli left wide. Where he get where him and Saka and Tierney have got an understanding. We've seen that before. Play Bamiang in the centre, and that's it. Once you play Lacazette, you change it all round. And and I don't want to have a go at him too much, but I've said it. Everyone's quite obvious. He gives away more fouls than he does passes. That's and, and, So I, to say he's worth four. I get, four, I get, what, you're saying. What, I get what you're saying. Um. I was. I mean, that is. We are crying out for for Obama Yang to be played through the middle. Um, I also, but I also think that the the structure that that he currently plays with at the moment. I'm wondering if if uh, certainly like we're going to lose out on Lacazette's kind of hold up play and just kind of the, being able to kind of. Uh, a, attract defenders out of position you know but uh again it's that thing about well is it is it worth the sacrifice it probably is you're probably right and if again we didn't know what his form was going to be like when he when, when we went into the season uh it turns well, out he was good uh, yeah. don't forget he scored three and three he scored three and three, and then he had that's that one that's other true. one wrongly disallowed. So he could have been yeah. on four goals after four games. Uh, but those are the there breaks, and he's just been like, pretty diabolical lately. He hasn't, at the same time, though, he hasn't necessarily put in the, those performances to back up the goals that he's scored. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not. But at the end of the day, he, um, he knows that he's expendable. And this is an issue that we've got. But it's also something we could possibly have a look at in January and not not actually have to replace him potentially either if Martinelli is back or you know ahead of schedule. Yeah. And maybe we could wait until the summer and not have to buy someone that is not 100% right for us. Um, just 
to get us through again. We don't want to be doing that, do we? I mean, we need to make sure we get the right people um, in the squad now more than anything. So I think that's a positive, to be perfectly honest. And um, fingers crossed that, you know, something can happen. But it'll be an incredible boost to see him back, Martinelli. I'd be so excited. Have we got any Europa games so, before who, the Christmas break? Do you know? Three more. Yeah, three yeah. More. Yeah, we've got right. uh, Mulder away, haven't we, you think, next? Yeah. Mulder away, and then... Don't talk at home, is it? Or not? No. So, no, Vienna. Wrap up Vienna at home, then talk away. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, That's a good game. Yeah, to maybe dip, sort of dip, dip, dip uh, Martinelli's toe into those, into one or one or some of those games. Mm. See, see, uh, great. On really, if he's yeah. if he's ready. Yeah. I would. And I would um, the other great thing is that um, Saliba had ninety minutes yesterday uh, playing against Gillingham yeah, and looked yeah. really good. Yeah, looked at, apparently he read the reports. He looked uh, really promising, really he had a good game. Yeah. Callum Chambers played for the first 45 minutes, which was good as well. But yeah. I mean, if we can get if if Salih can get a few more under 23 games in the next two or three weeks under his belt, then maybe he, you know, he can start being integrated into the first team. Maybe mm. played up. We've got uh, a Carabao Cup game in December. Yeah. If we win that, we've got another one in, in December. So, you know, like you said, we've got a good... Rock Melvin said right at the beginning, uh, his positive is that we've got the bones of a really good squad sort of building up. And with these, a couple of youngsters uh, as well, plus the, the form of Willock, plus the form that, uh, before we had that bit of an injury from Reese Nelson in the Europa League as well. You know, we have got some options to actually get this attack moving. Uh, potentially, and we've got the and like I say, if if we can get integrated um, William Sleeper in rather than sending him out on loan, it'll be absolutely fantastic. So uh, we have got some positive to look forward to, and I I can't help thinking that the type of guy that Mikel Arteta is, he's going to be really, really pissed off about that defeat, and he's going to be oh, working damn right. hard to overcome that and. Uh, and, and over the next couple of weeks whilst they're on international duty. Um, Before we move on, another thing that sort of ags me, yeah. every, every negative, if you have a negative uh, result, be it a draw or a or defeat that we've had, the first thing our fan base goes to is not the Urzel situation, it's the lever. But none of them address the main issue. Is this, this whole Steve issue itself wouldn't be an issue, but if people are forgetting that during this year, the shit that we've all had as a collective globally, he's lost his mum. In the months of all this, making a big move to London and all that, and then the new mm. language, new style of play, new league, everything, this this disease has took his mum and he's grieving. He couldn't go back to, he couldn't grieve of his family. And this is where Arteta, again, good man management, actually went, I, 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 understand where you're, I can understand, see where you're coming from. You know what, you need to be with your family. Also, you need to play football, football but be your family more so in its time of, time of grief. We're going to try and get you back in San Etienne or somewhere in France just to, as I said, be the family. But no one seems, whatever, there's something I'll take with this uh, Saliba thing. The reason he's not in the Open League squad because they're hoping to get him back to San Etienne to be with his family for the rest of the season so mm. they can grieve together. 
but they don't want to mention that because it doesn't suit their agenda because they just want to bat it over. No, absolutely. It, it, exactly. It well. About the third, this is probably about the third uh, pod in a row, if not more, about when we've sort mm. of mentioned that. And it, mm. I, yeah, I won't go through it all again, but it's good that the club are looking after him because it will pay us back tenfold in the long term um, yeah. with, with him because... He, he, he could be a real, real quality player. And everyone's going mad about, is it Fafana, Leicester, who used to be his partner. And everyone, every every specialist in French football said, bar none, that Saliba was the better of the two, better of the two players. And, also, um, also, sorry, Fafana's only playing because Vosch has been forced into it due to injuries. When he had a fully yes, fit yeah, he wasn't. Be, he wasn't being played. So Yonchu and uh, Johnny Evans and even Wes Morgan were ahead of him. But injuries are, are forced him. My God, Wes Morgan! <laughs> have you seen, have <laughs> you seen the state of Wes Morgan? Yeah, a bit of a chunk there now. He's, a, he's about twenty odd stone, isn't he? Surely. Yeah, got like a Billy Bunker. Really? My God, he's massive. I mean, you can't, honestly, you can't send it, take anything away from this lesser defender, though. Though. Oh no no no, 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 I'm not even trying to. But if he's he's actually grown into it, the premiership, this this guy from Leicester. So he's done very well. Absolutely. So he's done very well. And I'll be honest with you, Leicester's one of those clubs, a bit like, I suppose, no, Leicester's probably the best one out there. And their transfers are fantastic. They find players yeah, absolutely. in 15, 20, and next minute you go, bloody hell, where did he come from? Well, look you at that. Kante mm. and Mahrez in that season. Yeah, he's another great example of that, yeah. isn't he? Mm. Really Who good. Is, you know, got, he's pretty really... un un undroppable from that, from that team now, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Well, we're looking for a new um, sort of head of football, not as senior as uh, Raul was, but we're uh, we're looking for someone to come in and we could do far, far, far worse than getting that guy in from Leicester. <laughs> I'll tell you, he'll be a, an amazing steal, but whether he, I doubt we will get him, but I'm just saying what a, what a great uh, job he's done. How Unsung hero. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, I like the guy from Norwich as well. Although they had a yeah. bad season last year, he's uh, yeah, that a fantastic ball, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not his fault. He's coming. No, up. no, Stuart um, Webster, Webber, Webber, Webber. His Webber. name, Stuart Webber. I like him as well, and I've heard him being interviewed on the radio a few times, and he he's comes across so well. Um, he'll be another good one to get. But yeah, we'll see where we go with that. Um, so moving on, uh, I've talked about that thing. I'm actually not going to say the second thing either. Who wants to take the next subject? Because there's two things here. I've touched on one of them already, which was the Lacazette being potentially being able to be swapped by Martinelli. Uh, I'm not going to go into the other one because it will make me too depressed. So who's going to move on to the next one? Who's got something else to say? You had a few um, things, didn't you, Chappers? I did, actually, but I've forgotten them all. Um, <laughs> hang on. Let... I didn't write them down. Hang on, let me just get the thing up. I've got them. I've got them. I've got them. Oh, well done. Well done. Oh, yeah. Let's have a chat about Nicola Pepe, shall we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Pepe. Yeah. 
Um, um, yeah. Here we go. So been out on international duty at the moment. Um, mm. a, a massive kind of hoo-ha has been made in the French press. Um, but the, the French press says that's not a particular sort of style of a new style of football. The French press, they actually do have an actual press that reports on the actual sport. Um, but uh, yeah, in the he gave, gave an interview with um, um, a journalist at the um, in the French press, uh, essentially sort of saying that <clears throat> he's very frustrated about being on the bench. Um, that perhaps uh, he uh, isn't getting the chances that he 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 thinks he, he possibly could have. That he's been talking to Arteta doesn't necessarily agree with everything that Arteta is telling him, but is also acknowledging the fact that those uh, those lines of communication are, are open. I suppose. Um, but he said it's down to him as well. He knows it's down to him yeah, to get into the yeah, team. Yeah, he knows it's down to him. Uh, I mean, a lot has been said about whether he should be playing or whether he shouldn't be playing. I think, to be honest, and I am just going to say, just going to mention it just for a second, Andrew, so don't bite my head off. In the Villa-Arsenal game, the last game, we, we I think we can all agree, well, we were all there, we all saw it, um, that William was nothing. Oh, sorry, Chappers, <laughs> you've been muted. Uh, Melvin. <laughs> it's quite. I'm joking. I mean, I'm joking. You're back on, you're back on, Chappers. You're back on. Oh, uh, yeah. Come on, I'm on. That William was, you're yeah, back William on. was dog shit. Um, so, uh, uh, and that's, I think, widely acknowledged. Surely, surely it's time. Uh, and if so, so I, I'm going to play, I'm going to do a little bit of devil's advocate here as well. So we all want Pepper to play. We all want him, you know, uh, to be the player that we thought he was going to be when he signed from Lille. But the big question is, why isn't the coach playing him? Why isn't he playing him? Surely there are reasons. And what are those reasons? And if so, are they strong enough reasons for him not to be picked? Melvin's pointing at his ceiling. Go on, yeah, yeah. Nice scene. I think uh, it's quite it ironic that uh, Pepe says that he's getting frustrated with not playing. He's the most frustrating player we have in the club. <laughs> well, but he's, I, I will always, 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 always back up Pepe because he's the sort of player I will, I will want to watch. And he is frustrating, but he's exciting yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I love I'm watching him. I'm not saying he, we, he's bad. I'm just saying he is very frustrated. You know he's he got is, the talent. He is frustrated. Mm. But, you know, you know he's got the talent. You he's know he's got it all there. Much, he's much more him. enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Yes. I mean, how much how much better is he to watch than Willian has been? I mean, seriously. Yeah, but let's not, let's not make no, that the standard. Cause no, I know, has, I know. I know, I know. I know. But it's, it, very, it's very easy to say about any player old is. William no, is far worse than him. That's not the standard we should, at the moment, we're looking at. We should be looking absolutely. at the player as he is. And I mm, think that absolutely. if you're asking me, he was he was slightly unlucky with the shot he had when he came on, the one that just went past the post. Apart mm, from that, mm. I don't think, I don't know, I can't get in Arteta's mind, obviously, but I think probably he's not his type of player on the basis that <clears> our manager doesn't like players, especially forwards, giving the ball away. In dangerous positions. I um, that's what does. 
I, think... I would not play him where Arteta play him. I'd play him more in the middle because he can always take on someone and draw defenders out. So on the wing, he's isolated. He seems to always be isolated. Mm. I would definitely mm. play him inside so he can go either way past the player, though he's one-footed. And therefore, as I said before, make defenders make a decision. And if you can, at some stage, they, some of the times they can only stop him when he's on a run is by fouling him. So they ain't going to give too many fouls around the edge of the box, number one. And, but what frustrates me is he's got confidence. I don't believe this he hasn't got confidence because you see four defenders in front of him and he'll want to take on all four. If there's five, they take on five. I don't think he, he does. After the second. I don't think he's the sort of person that really particularly wants to take on people and dribble around people and, and stuff like that. I don't think he's that type of guy. Honestly, I think people have got him wrong. I think he's I think he's got bags of pace and he's a finisher. He, he's what he's at finishing is absolutely incredible, brilliant. And I think he's the sort of person that can get get space and bang, he's either crossing it or he's shooting at goal. I really do. I don't think he's the sort of person that is tricky and does step overs and takes on people like that. I don't think that's the type of guy he is. Like well, he can knock it past like someone and then beat them, beat them for pace. He'll he'll t- he'll go on the outside and, and try and beat them for pace. But he's not like, you know, a step over king or anything like that. Really, he's not. You know, he can create that bit of space in the box to shoot and or cross or whatever. But I, I think he's um, a different type of player personally. He also I, I said, go on, go on, go on. Jappers. Uh, I was just just going to say, I think uh, he he also finds himself doing that. I think probably out of necessity a lot of the time because as Mel was saying he's isolated so often that mm. he don't know where to go there's, there's there's nowhere to literally nowhere for him to put the ball so he has to drive forward and try and beat those players but can you imagine yeah. Andrew if he got the ball on the edge of the box driving into the box they wouldn't be able to touch him mate they'd have to say yeah. what are we going to do here well this is the, the funny thing because a few weeks ago, I but um, there was some Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast. Who, you know, everyone loves Clive. Mm. He was talking about something on Twitter, and I said to him about sometimes you know they asked about managers overcomplicating things, and sometimes you just need to play a bog standard four four two or four three three and just play to players to their strengths and. That was the point I was making. And funnily enough, I think uh, Gunner Blog on the Arsecast, uh, was it Monday, maybe the last one, was on about the same thing. He said, you know, people are going to shoot me down for this, but sometimes I think a 4-4-2 would suit us. And that, that's, I totally agree, because that's what I said to Clive a few weeks ago. And I said, maybe we could actually have a, the right players to play something like that. It ain't going to happen. I don't think in a million years Arteta would do something like that. If he if you play Pepe up front with Aubameyang and let them just do their do their thing and use their pace, I think mm. we could do some real damage playing in a four four two. And I know it sounds old fashioned, but sometimes uh, you know, like I said, managers are overcomplicating systems and trying to outdo each other and be more modern than the the, the, the you know competitors and it does my head in a little bit to be honest with you because football ain't that complicated as long as you've got some good players and you use them to their strengths i think mm. that could work personally that's you what know makes a good manager up front. 
Andrew. That's what makes ordinary managers, well, great managers, ordinary managers, getting mm. the best out of your players and knowing and giving yeah. them a job to do. And exactly. And I, I, I heard there's a, on The Athletic, there's a podcast called uh, Football Clichés and they sh they played a little clip today and I think it was a, an, not an old one, but I think it's about a week old, this podcast I listened to. And they played a clip of Peter Reid and um, I wish I'd uh, written down some notes, but I was at work at the time, so I couldn't. But And it was quite funny because Peter Reid was saying things like, um, they just reinvent, they try and reinvent football. And they, they said, bringing in words like transition, when that's just winning the ball back. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, I saw well, that, yeah. And some other things were, you know, um, yeah. about deep press and stuff like that. He I goes, see, yeah. that's just closing down. That's what we were doing, you know, when yeah. I was playing in the Very good and blah, blah, Very blah. Good. That is, that's the point I've been trying to make for the last few weeks when I've been talking about this, overcomplicating football. And it's just, it's stupid. You know, football's a very simple game, really. So sometimes I think we should do something a bit. Unfortunately, I don't think Arteta will do it. And the reason he ain't getting the best out of Pepe is that he doesn't trust Pepe to do what he wants uh, the player to do on that side. And I, I don't think he should be doing what Mikel Arteta wants because you don't pay £72 million for someone that you want running up and down the wing all the time and covering your right back. You don't, mm. why'd you do that? You want him down the sharp end of the pitch, scoring goals and creating chances. Mm. And that's what they made it. But the thing is, and, and I will, and I, I said this before, but I'm convinced that he's not properly satisfied with the defence yet either, playing out from the back. He wants them to be second nature, playing out from the back. And he doesn't feel that they've conquered that properly. And they, they haven't, they still make mistakes. But it took, it took Pep a long time to get that conquered when, he's, when he came into City. But until he's got that defence properly sorted, he won't let the midfielders loose to sort of move forward and help the attackers. And that's the problem. He's, he's too conservative and he won't, he's not brave enough with the way the team plays. But, and that's, when you're, it's quite simple. When you're, I think that's the when case. Yeah, when you're talking about overcomplicating things, Mark Crosley used to play for Nottingham Forest in goal. And he's done a few <laughs> yeah. They're hilarious. They're not he's as funny really as funny, Terry yeah. and Cini, but they're hilarious. Mm. Good evening, Terry. Um, he, he spoke about the way that Clough had, had saw his team. Fullbacks, all you do, you defend and you might go forward. Centre-halves, I don't want to see you dribbling with the ball. I don't want to see you mm -hmm. giving side passes. Kick it or head it out. That's all you've got to do. And if he saw mm. a footballer do something that he hadn't told him, just the obvious, he'd, he'd um, get rid of them. They're just centre forward, they ball. And it, what he said, what you got to do, the ball comes up to you, hold it up till the rest of the team comes up and lay it off. The first time the geezer got the ball, he starts tried flicking it around the corner. On one of these occasions, the other team got the ball off, obviously, and went up the other end and scored. I mean, that was the end <laughs> of his career, basically, the club. Yeah. So, it yeah. really simplified things. You you play on the wing, you beat the full back and you cross it. Right? No, no, but I want to, mm. no, no, that's what you gotta do. Just come around that and you'll be fine. And that is the way he did it, Brocker. He really, I would call, had a team with Forrest and a little bit with Derby of legs eleven. They weren't the best footballers mm. in any position necessarily, but they were the best football team. Because mm. they played exactly same as Ipswich under Bobby Robson. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, mm. yeah.
no no star names at all when those two teams got put together by by Robson and Cluffy and but they they completely romped Europe, didn't they? It's just incredible. Mm. But it's, the same thing goes for Liverpool in lots of ways, doesn't it? The way that team's been put together. Well, I mean, they, they spent a lot of money on Alisson. They spent a lot of money at the end on Van yeah. Dyke. But the rest of the team just worked <clears> brilliantly together. And there's no major egos in the, the team when they put them together. And uh, even Salah and, and Mane, they... Mane wasn't a major star, he was from Southampton, but Salah, he was um, a reject from Chelsea. They didn't want him, and they sold mm. him a, what did, to Italy somewhere, and but they pulled him out of that team. Yeah, and... Uh, Roma. Roma, I thought it was Roma, yeah. 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 So I'm going to go through some of these comments because we've had some um, really good ones, and, you know, it's only fair we... Need to read them out. Where are we? Um, uh, Richard, uh, this time last season, Abamyang had scored seven goals in eight games playing through the middle. Lacazette was injured this season, he has two in eight. Exactly, good, great yeah. point. And I don't know where you're getting this, what, what this point really, where you're getting it from, Richard. You said Martinelli will need to score one in every two chances he has. If he's going to make a difference, he's been out for months. I'm not sure he will have that sort of conversion rate. Why would he have to score one in every two? No, I don't really get that. Because we're not talking about the type of chances created at the moment being the case when Martinelli's back in, in the team. We can't be even thinking that that's going to be the case because I don't think Arteta will be in a job if, if, if he is. So... Yeah, so I don't. I think that's where you're getting that from, but I, I can't see that long term. Willian is in the side as he tracks back. Pepe doesn't offer that, and this is from Russ Morgan. Thanks for watching, Russ. Um, I don't think Arteta values just an attacking contribution. I think that's probably right at the moment. And he also said we aren't going to know how Saliba gets on until the lad gets a chance. And exactly the same goes for Smith Rowe, Willock, Reese Nelson. Uh, I'm not going to read that one from Richard because he's glowing with his praise about Pepe. <laughs> and I'm sure if Pepe watches this, he'll just start getting really shy and he might even bring a tear to his eye. Pepe's a regular listener one. Exactly, of course he is. Yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. Nice to see you, Nick. Uh, Nico. Terry Mancini. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for watching. He's got, Pepe's got a crazy playing style. In two years... He will either be scoring 20 league goals a season or he'll be trying to get out of a straight jacket using his left foot only. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I think he'll easily get out of that. He's proper lanky. Uh, Russ, all but two of William's passes against Villa were backwards. What's going on? I think he's... I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew. Do you think it um, might be a little bit of a? Do you think it might be a bit of a confidence issue with Willian? Because he is, he is far from the player that we've seen literally just last season mm. in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, we we he. Do you think that he just might be lacking a little bit in confidence, and that's why his uh, his his passing stats are crap, and that's why he's not looking very good on the ball. 
Um, he seems to fit, you know, Arteta seems to think that he fits in within structure. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's a confidence issue with him. I hope it is confidence because I hope, do you realise? Yeah. I'm not a max man, but I was told the other day that since he's played for us, he's only taken on two players. Twat, mm. No. Now then, I hope it is confidence and not that he's lost his speed. I don't think that I happens over. I can't time, believe. No, I can't believe that Chelsea's player of the year last season is top of all their stats. He was being picked with every game by Lampard when he was fit. I cannot believe that he's gone off a cliff and just disappeared and all, all his form's gone within, what, eight weeks or something like that? It ain't going to happen. So it must be confidence. It must be. And I'm just hoping to God that he just he definitely needs to be sat down for a while. Um you can't just keep playing him, trying to get him back in form. The same as what's happening with Lacazette. It's just not conducive to getting results, is it? You know, you can't carry players. So he needs to get his form and confidence back before, you know, whilst sitting on the bench and watching the team play for a little while. Maybe come um, on for a bit. But um, There's now both Nelson and Pepe are knocking at the door for that slot. So it would, exactly. it would be madness. It would be madness not to play one of those guys, even if it wasn't, wasn't Pepe, you know, Nelson deserves, I think the two with brilliant games, he had two brilliant games, um, and exactly. hasn't even had a, a look in really, is he? I, th mm. I think, you know, when, when Arteta started, he came in and he, he, he we were playing the four, uh, two, three, one for the first few games. And we looked really good mm. and strong. And I think that, to go back to basics in the meantime, he ain't going to do it up, you know, the 4 4 2 thing we're talking about earlier. He's not going to do it because it's old fashioned and, you know, he's a hipster manager. But if he goes <laughs> back to basics and goes, does the 4 2 3 1, that will, I think that we could, we've got the players to do that. And I think that could be really, really um, beneficial. I mean, Ryan, we've known from, from you for a while. And uh, I mean, what's. Your thoughts on on all this we've been talking about? Obviously, it started off with um, conversation really about getting the best out of Pepe and um, you know what you think his sort of situation is at the moment within the the team and with Arteta. Well, it's, it's confusing because, as you said, literally, part, as Russell says in the chat, apart from the Fulham game, Woody and really hasn't turned up in any of the games really to to merit these consistent starts. I mean, even May not, you know, yeah, we won and all that. He was hitting missing that game. Him and Lacazette were the ones that we sort of carried for that game when while they were playing. And yet the week later, just because he won, he, he's in the squad again. And yet during the week, and during the week before the May United game, midweek games, Pepe's scoring. Yeah, the performances as a, as a whole aren't there yet. He's, still, he's, he's assisting goals. He's scoring goals. So Pe I, can, I can understand where Pepe's coming from in one sense that what well, I'm doing everything. He, are meant to do, and as you said, that's what money you're paying, you pay for him to do them sort of things, assist goals, create chances, score goals. And he's do, but you know, he's doing all that. Yeah, the opposition's not great, but he's, he can't do, he can't even play against what he's put in front of. So mm. And yeah, literally the next game, Mike Joe Willock, what we've mentioned before on my channel, the exact same in the sense of playing the Open League, two man match performances. And it gets dropped. Like, mm. you're like, I was on a suspension, but you know, Pepe's on the bench. It's still like, still kicking the teeth because you've done everything you've been asked of, clearly. 
You're doing everything you're meant to do in an assist goal or score a goal at least in these games. You're starting him, and then you're getting dropped. It's like that must be so disheartening as a player, and especially when you're seeing exactly, the person. Yeah. Especially when you're seeing the person replacing you. It's absolutely confidence-wise, whatever it is, it's dropped form. It's just completely dropped mm. off the cliff. And it's like, it's a bit. It sort of reminds me back when we had Arshavin. And he sort of form dipped around the January time when we played the Leeds and like his sec- his first full season. Like his- was Leeds in the FA Cup at home. I think it was our second his second full season at us. And he's just his form just dripped from there. In a bad game, and then from there, his form just dropped off a cliff. But instead of bringing him out the squad and letting him working him back in, we just constantly like, okay, you keep playing, keep playing. And it's just uh-huh. completely brilliant. his confidence, and we, we sold him on in the end. <clears throat> kept stinking mm. the place out in fact just yeah. <laughs> making a bigger and bigger stink each, each week that he was he was playing I think he got I Can think I... he got played in the wrong position Arthur Sharvin a lot of the time mm. it was a graveyard to stick yeah. about he wanted to be a 10 left wing. yeah I remember, yeah. I remember he wanted to be a 10 didn't he he was that that's yeah. his position yeah I remember one time we had but no the thing is can I just say one thing as well Ryan before you carry on because I... when um Mkhitaryan left Arsenal. Would you honestly have said that he was a busted flush? I mean, honestly, all of you. He, I would have thought that, in my opinion of him, he didn't give it all. He was no. a talented player, and for me, his he's heart was in it. He would you have said like he's game. over the hill? A bit, no, of, not you necessarily. Know. If your heart's not in it, you can be twenty-four years old and your heart's not in it. I just think his heart wasn't in I'm it. Not, yeah, because honestly, I just wanted to be uh, see if we can get an honest answer there, not in hindsight, because obviously now he, he just got a hat trick for Roma again. Yeah. He's absolutely mm. knocking it out of the park at the moment. Yeah, he's doing. It, they absolutely love him over there, and um, I just yeah. hope that it's going to take. He just needs to, even though we're still a London club and he's only moved across the city in effect. I just hope that he's just, he just needs to settle in and, and really find his feet, William, before we start seeing the, the best of him. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, sorry, Ryan. That's uh, to, to say, and so, uh, hi, Mark Green as well, by the way. I was going to say with Mkhitaryan as well. I think I think not just about Arsenal. We saw at Man United. He really he didn't just, he didn't fit the Premier League by the looks of it. The Premier League is a very, as you always say, physically demanding, different to Bundesliga and Syria. And some players come to this league for another league and look fantastic. Come to here, they, they absolutely go, and that's they, they, they sort of don't rediscover that form until they go somewhere else on board. And I first think he just mm. sort, of, sort of player he is could adapt for a consistent consistently for that time frame. He was here like two, what, two years at Arsenal, give or two and a half years, give or take, plus the loan spell. But four years he was at four or five years he was in the, in the country. He never really hit any sort of rich reign of form at either us or United, did he? I just think no, what that no, 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 no. just said he's gone to back, he's gone back to Roman on a permanent deal, and he's hit he's hitting the form he's always saw at Dortmund. Hmm. <clears throat> Don't forget as well, we haven't had a pre-season, and that's going to affect some people, isn't it? It's going to affect some players. Yeah. We yeah, literally haven't had a pre-season. Yeah, it's, sorry, it's affecting it's affecting everyone in the league because you think about it, by now you'd have at least. The top three clubs pulling away. Everyone's literally, we've literally got four points. Even though we lost at the weekend, we're like four points off top, and we're, and we're yeah, losing. Yeah. We've lost four games. By now, have you heard about game. Joe Gomez? 
Oh, I think he's, Have you heard he's about Joe Gomez? Yeah, he's, he's out for a bit. Yeah, it's well, a long-term absentee. Uh, got an injury with playing, uh, training for England. I mean, that's that. that's just, Gomez and Virgil van Dijk now, Liverpool have lost. And you can't tell me that, I mean, obviously Virgil van Dijk excluded because we all saw what happened to him. But he, he, there's so many injuries happening and, and it's got to be because of this, uh, the way that, the, that we had finished last season, no pre-season, straight into it this season, game after game after game. It's going to be going to get injuries. And uh, it's going to affect some players as well. They're going to have a, their fitness is he's not going to be right at the moment. And just I'm just hoping, and I'm pl- I'm just being devil, devil's advocate because I don't want to be really negative about it. But because I've been really critical of, of Willian, and I, I just I really want to try and rein myself in on him because I'm, I'm as disappointed as anyone at the moment with him. But I just hope to God that he will just settle and come good eventually. And uh, touch wood that that happens. I um, think that's yeah. We need that. We Go need on. that in the team. Uh, we need that in the team. In because at the end of the day, there is um, there is competition for that spot. But mm. there, I think there needs to be more competition. Not necessarily more players competing for it, but more players hitting the top of their form. So they're giving the manager a headache as to who you know as to mm. who he's supposed to pick there. So. Yeah, I I mean I I am of the the opinion that yeah, the same as you Andrew. I, I there's there's no way that he could just completely have gone AWOL after uh, eight weeks and and I think the lack of um pre-season has yeah, absolutely messed up all the teams and the players preparations. Um but I yeah. also also think that we haven't been using that right size enough there's been too much of a left-sided bias in the team anyway uh, and I think we can only really begin to exploit other teams from an attacking point of view if we're, we're going down by, down all three channels down the left down the right and through the middle as well mm-hmm. uh, and uh, until we're until we're doing that then we're still going to be Back, back at well, where we are at the moment, which is scratching our heads, wondering what the fuck to do. Well, that's why you know it's really important that um, Arteta rewards good performances with a chance, yeah. and that's why it's not. There's no excuse in my book to have not put Willock, and I know that Reese got injured, but um, you know with their performances. You're supposed to use those games to play yourself into the first team. And if you don't get that chance after that, then what's the point? You know, for the, that's when you put yourself in their position. Because you see the first team underperforming, not creating chances, not having shots, and you're playing out your skin and in the mm. Europa League and performing, then you, you see that you're not even going to get on the bench. That's going to piss you off mm. in the end of the day. And it's going to demoralise you. So... I just More hope to God he learns from that as well. Hmm? Sorry? I, I was just saying more than anything, it's going to really demoralise them. And, and just, and like you say, yeah. Yeah, just make, well, what is the point? Why Why is, <clears throat> why should I be trying my best? Why should I be try, busting the gut to try and get into this team 
if if I'm not getting rewarded with, with, with the chances. I do think that Arteta possibly needs to lean a, a little bit more into the fact that we've got some really, really promising young players coming through because he does tend to kind of go with the experienced players, which is all very well and good, especially if you've got a, a big fixture where you, you need those players to, to kind of turn up and, and put in a shift. Mm. But I, I think sometimes... That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to be, but he needs to show that, make that show of faith and, and show the youngsters that he trusts them and that he's he's ready to kind of blood them in those big games, you know. Mm. I don't. Well, think. you know, we all. Sorry, Melvin. I'm just going to say quickly. We all we all love to watch these cup games in Europa League because the youngsters come in generally, uh, especially under Wenger, and we wanted to see them. We wanted to see their enthusiasm and their energy and their bravery, didn't we? And that's what you like to see sometimes, just to throw them in because they're fearless. They, they haven't got anything to compare it to. They just go for it. And they're not scared of other players that they're coming up against. They just try and take them on because they want to be noticed. Mm. Sorry, sorry, Melvin, you were going to say. No, I was going to say, I don't think in today's football there is that much difference between youngsters and fully-fledged professionals that have played for ages. I think you're seeing no. now a lot of youngsters from other clubs, 17-year-olds, in Bellingham or something? Bellingham? Yeah. You're 17 yeah, years old, just, right? You've got Sancho. Yeah. I mean, how and old are you got in the first team? Yeah. And who else? Sorry. Mm. Who else did you say, Andrew? Sorry. Rayner. Um, no, uh, what's his name? What's his first name? Rayner at uh, Dortmund. Oh, right, 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 right. So, you know, you can go, there's probably about a half a dozen out there that are 17, 18-year-olds mm. that are just killing it. It doesn't matter what their age yeah. is. I mean, we had one, Fabregas. Mm. Forget about his age. He was 16 when he played for us. He was different gravy exactly. from day one. So, what do you, you think? Know, I mean, I'll keep banging the drum for a play in ESR. ESR needs a chance. He's 20 now. Uh, yeah, once know. he's fit, he's got to go in a team. And um, Mark Green okay. said, uh, yeah. big up, guys. Uh, oh, for a Jack Grealish. Who's to say that he, he can't be as good as Jack Grealish? He's got the skills and he's got the talent. I wish he was. If he's as good as Jack Grealish, we don't know. We, we don't know. His, his, or everyone that's ever worked for him and trained, uh, trained him can't speak highly enough of him. Have you listened to that a podcast? I've mentioned... Um, a few days ago, by any chance, I don't know whether any of you heard that, but it's uh, it's um, an athletic one, and it's uh, the next big thing. It's called, and it was all about. It's only about twenty-five minutes long. It's all about Smith Rowe. Have you listened to it? It, it? Everyone has said this kid is definitely going to be an England player within the next couple of years, but he needs to be given his chance. And who knows that he's not going to be as good as Grealish? Who knows that he's not going to be as good as all the the players that um you know Ch chelsea go and scour the whole of europe for <clears throat> and pay multi millions well, pounds for he could be Age should not be a barrier now no exactly that's what i'm trying to make we seem to be wrapping up uh, a lot of these young talented players in cotton wool a little bit these days you know uh mm. it's very much that whole kind of uh well they need to be eased into the first team they don't need to have too much i mean i i get that i understand that uh, about they don't need to have too much pressure put upon them because they're not used to that but surely 
isn't this the perfect time for them to actually experience took the words out of my mouth yeah to experience those fixtures without actually having to feel that massive massive pressure of of 60,000 fans getting in their ear and and uh, you know every time they make a fucking mistake so yeah uh, surely it's i mean i texted you earlier didn't i andrew and saying like will will emil smith row ever make it you know and mm. um, um that's there's no denying that the, the boy's got talent um, but because of man, uh, most managers' preferences to kind of, like I say, wrap them up in, in cotton wool or, or, or ease them in or whatever you want to say, that they are, I think, perhaps their development is being hindered a little bit by that rather than helped. And do you know what? I think the lack of actually playing uh, doesn't do his fitness any good either. It doesn't help the fact that he, he's had these little niggly injuries and a lot of that could be caused by not playing often when you're an athlete. And I don't know which podcast it was on, whether it was um, Arscast or whether it was the Arsenal Vision or something. Someone was talking about that, saying um, that players need to be rotated and played. You know, when you, we're talking about the Europa League squad, you should always change it and play all a completely different team. And he said that it can be derogatory to a player's fitness by being dropped, it's better for their bodies in lots of occasions to keep playing. Um, mm. And I don't know where you went into some details about it, and I can't remember all of the details, so apologies. But it, potentially for Emil Smith, right? It would do him good by, by actually playing more and more games. You know, at his age, he's only 20. I remember when we were kids, and we used to be outside playing football from, ten, from like sunrise to sunset and just go home for some dinner. And go back out again and carry on playing. Yeah. When you're young, you can do that, and I think it does you some good. I'm not saying about running him into the ground like we did with. I think Jack Wilshere obviously rushed back from injury too quick and blah blah blah. I'm not saying you know be stupid with these guys, but the sports science nowadays tells you what you can do and what you can't do with these players. And I just think that they need to play. They really need to play. And I think sometimes when you have got that no fear kind of attitude and you're not um uh, you know you haven't got an inferiority complex coming up against some really famous players that you've got to try and beat you've got that sort of youthful vigor and you know the bravery you sometimes it just does you really good and you can just go you just fly look what martinelli did the other last season I've got no doubts that he will hit the ground running when he comes back into the team because he's got the attitude. He's got the attitude. He will never be beaten. He wants to be the best in the world. And I think he's going to just come in and, and take off from where he uh, left off last season, personally. I'm really confident with that. Um, I but, yeah, that, I totally that, agree. Giving him a chance. Mm. One of those Sanchez things, isn't it? It's like uh, the, the, yeah. I, I read something about just – it was just like a – or something a joke about sanchez it's like um are you sure you're fit to play this weekend alexis i play but but both of your legs have been chopped off in a horrific accident and your head is hanging off your body <laughs> i play yeah yeah well mark green has said uh regarding willian uh, he had 11 goals, eight assists last season. Who uh, he will come good? I feel he had... Mark Darby. Beg your pardon. I need to put my glasses on. I'm stupid. I keep. 
Mark Darby, I do beg your pardon. There is a Mark Green, but that's a different comment. Uh, he had 11, assist, 11 goals, 8 assists. He will come good, I feel. He hasn't had great support on the right. Having said that, I feel he can try harder. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, and Mark Green, thanks for watching, Mark. Uh, should try ESR, Nelson, Balogun. If you don't try it, you don't know how it will go. Let's be honest, it can't be worse than the Dross, Willian, Lacquer, and to a lesser extent, Pepe produce. You don't know what you I mean. Every career started off with a brave manager putting mm. putting them in and letting them see what they could do. You know, everyone goes mad about all the youngsters in in the Bundesliga, and don't know, and they, they want to go and buy them. But we can have some under our noses, and we don't, unless you put them in the first team, you don't know whether they're going to be good enough. It's really annoying. Um, we've, we've, um, got two, we've got two youngsters from from our team who are well. One of them, to be fair, one of them is getting fa fairly regular playing time. Who are now, you know, currently with the England squad in and yeah. in Miles and, and Saka, you know. Well, they're, they're being picked. For, they're being picked for England, and and yet they're still, you know, so so they're still not getting their. Or some of them aren't getting their chances in in the in our first team, which is madness. Madness, I'm telling you. You've got to remember, though. You name me half a dozen footballers that play in the Premier League that don't haven't played for England. Very difficult. Yeah. It's not. It's not what it used to be to play right, for England. Yeah. True, true. Well, a lot of the a lot of the French guys haven't, or Spanish guys. So. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, of course, I should have. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leno, he's never played for for England, has he? Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, we need to start wrapping up soon, don't we? Because I know you've got to go fairly soon, Chappers, and uh, so we'll just have a quick whiz round. Really, has anyone else got any any other business really that you would like to sort of mention today that you've? I've 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 read some absolute fucking gold on Twitter today. It was sent oh, to me by a mate, um, <laughs> and it really is brilliant. Um, it was a, a tweet thread, a Twitter thread from. Um, I, I urge everyone to go and check it out. It's the funniest thing. Uh, so it's by Scott Oliver at Reverse Underscore Sweeper, uh, and it says on the sesh. With Premier League managers, a thread. I'll read you a few of them out. Um, so we can start with Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, CIA grade acid in Pep's mountain poetry retreat. Everything groovy. Twenty oh, minutes in, yeah. in your personal space, asking, "How is it? Is it good? What do you see?" You start explaining. <laughs> and at the same time, he dances around you. You go into the woods and start running forever. My favourite, I think, is Ralph Hasselhoff because I, I just, I, for some reason, I can uh, absolutely imagine a night out with Ralph going like this. Ready? Meet in Airbnb loft in Kreuzberg for lines and cocktails. Uber to Bergheim for 10 hour techno set from Marco Carola. Ralph scores awesome pills for everyone. Pay me later. <laughs> He heads for the dance floor. You next see him at 7 a.m. explaining counter-pressing to baffled Koreans. <laughs> you see the one from... See the one he did in uh, Daesh? Yeah, the one from Daesh. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll get Daesh one out. Is okay, there one of uh, Daniel Parker as well, by any chance? 
Yes. Oh, no, he's not in there, actually. But it is the Sean Dyche. Oh, missed Pint, More pints. Then more pints. Dyche becoming aggressively tactile. A shit club and lots of shots. Dyche on the speakers. Curry. Vindaloo's mandatory. Taxi. Wake up, wake up in your clothes having pissed yourself. It's Dyche on the <laughs> phone. Get down the pub, you puff. You're round. <laughs> it's brilliant yeah fantastic excellent oh, that's a missed opportunity if there's not daniel farker though that'd be great uh he's the knowledge is he knowledge knowledge yeah yeah no yeah, he's not Norwich, right, yeah. but some of those are funny as fuck yeah the arteta one's the last one uh if i can find it um oh hang on uh where's the arteta one uh <laughs> that was funny the Mourinho one as well uh, i can't find it there hang on right can you put a link uh on the in the comments can you put a link to them uh, uh yeah no problem no problem uh mikel arteta where is he there he is there issue strict instructions to avoid booze then ferries you to a medieval palace where, over 15 hours, he carefully administers pure opium into a 12th century ornamental pipe, taking you to ever higher plateaus of cosmic insight and tactical epiphanies. Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Really good. I'm going to have to read through those. Uh, it's a really, really, uh, it's a lot of fun. In fact, um, I'll put it in our WhatsApp um Andrew and then uh if you if you want to post it into the comments because I'm a bit of a Luddite there you go sent you that over I'll put it uh yeah I'll put it into the uh description of the podcast afterwards that'd be uh, fantastic um yeah so thank you everyone for watching please give us a like before you go and subscribe if you haven't done so already and follow if you're on uh, listening to the audio version um later on as well but before we go just going to quick mention on sunday going to do finally the mental health uh, special that we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks or maybe more I'm going to do it this sunday eight o'clock so please 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 um spread the word please join us on the night and join in if anyone uh, would like to join us on the show and uh, you're more than welcome got a couple of people um that uh, have shown an interest in that um but yeah please join us in the in the comments and, and help spread the word about it because as i've said before it's a subject that's close to my heart and i think i'm really passionate about it at the moment because it's going under the radar with all the pandemic um situation people being locked up um in their homes unable to see their families especially the elderly you know being left alone it's it's a very very difficult time for everyone with their regards to sort of their their mental health at the moment and it's um really important subject to talk about so join us on sunday evening at eight o'clock uh where we will be able to have an open forum to sort of talk about it really and tell yeah, your friends about it, it yeah I, I think it's 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 something especially within footballing culture as well that doesn't get discussed enough um i mean there are many many issues as um you know such as racism and homophobia that are are sort of very slowly being addressed in my opinion you know they can go much much further um but i i do think that mental health is something as you say that sweeps very uh, very low under the radar and 
so, uh, something I think that the footballing culture doesn't really encourage uh, with regards to fans being able to feel that they can speak about uh, about them their own mental health or and how they're feeling really so it's it's something that i think that you know we can all tackle together and um the more of us the, uh, the more of us that talk about it i think the the better off and the better place we'll all be in really it's one of those things that is not obvious so you've got to talk about mm. it because otherwise it'd just be forgotten about and it mustn't be forgotten about. So things like no. you're doing, Andrew, it's very, very good. Other people have done it as well. And it's so, so important that it is spoken about because you don't um, know somebody yeah. until you know somebody. You might think you know somebody very well and they won't show any signs. You think, oh yeah, they're all right. And you don't realize that sometimes there is a factor there and everyone, everyone might have it to a degree I don't know. To us, you know, a very small degree, but we've all got our all have our problems to a different degree. But it, it's so important that you talk to find out, and people open up about it because I think it's good that people are talking about it now for everybody's sake. Yeah. I really do. The thing is, those when you say people suffer from it, even to a small degree, everyone starts off with it to a small degree, and no, right. it can get worse and worse. And worse, it depends, it's different from person to person. But if you don't attack it head on, it can get to a quite a serious uh, situation in someone's life. And, you know, I've, I said that this has been planned, this show, for, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a few weeks now. And it's been put off because of, I'm, you know, going through it myself at the moment. And that's the reason why I kept postponing it, because I couldn't do it. So, it's going to go ahead on Sunday and I really, really want it to, you know, uh, hit as many people as possible because it's very, very important um, in this current climate more than ever. Um, and I won't go about any, any more than now, but please tune in on Sunday at eight o'clock. So thanks again to everyone that's been watching and listening. It's been uh, really appreciated. Tell your friends about this show because uh, we want to get the listenership up and the viewership up. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. So thanks again. Melvin, great to have you back on. Hope to see you again very, very soon. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Really enjoyed it again with the guys. Uh, yeah, be back soon. And uh, keep, keep smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. There's, there's always, always a bright side of life, as Monty Python once said. And Ryan, um, the Mr. Arsenal podcast on YouTube, your subscribership mm. has been fantastic lately and, and you know, you've, you've been going up and up and up and it's because of the hours you've been putting in, Ryan, you fully deserve it. So where can people get uh, hold of you? I've just given that most of it away, but <laughs> give, you a sh give your channel a shout out. Don't be shy. <laughs> well, as I said, yeah, on YouTube, on, as I said, you do as well, yeah. Subscriber-wise, it's been absolutely crazy. Can someone, someone go and tell YouTube how much of work I'm putting into this? Because the last few days have been trying to fuck me over, and I'm not happy with that side of things. But yeah, it's still, uh, it is what it is. But yeah, it's, uh, come and find me on YouTube at the Mr. Arsenal podcast. You can also find me on social media. If you've got Twitter, Mr. Arsenal, at Mr. Arsenal89. And if you don't have Twitter, but you have Facebook, just find my Facebook page, the Mr. Arsenal podcast. Again, I do stream off that with the watch songs of podcasts and things like that. Just in, case you can't, just in case people that don't have the access to YouTube around the world, they've got that other platform as well. 
And yeah, thanks for having me on again. Very welcome. Very welcome. Thank and Chappers, you. you're part of the furniture around there. Of course, a permanent fixture. Um, people can get hold of you. Well, people wonder why I asked that, but people do actually listen to the audio podcast. I can't see what's on the screen. So tell them what they can. Uh, so I am Chapmanoff on Twitter, and it's at Captain C A P N Chapman at Captain Chapman. I normally um, tweet nonsense, um, so if you like that particular brand of nonsense, then follow me on the Twitters. I'm nearly mostly at, nearly at the dizzy heights of about 400 followers. So you know, three more, and I'm in. I'm somebody. <laughs> Mostly tweets about hair, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, and good old Barnet for people. My favourite subject, yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, yeah, Terry Mancini doesn't agree with a single word we've said all night, but really enjoyed the show. Thank you very much, Terry. That's fantastic. Love you, well, man. Thank you, well, Terry. And I am, I never say this, funnily enough, and I just uh, contradict myself. I am Andrew the Hinkley Gooner at From Dial Square on Twitter. So please go and follow me as well, because I never read myself, my, my own one out, and we do get audio listeners only as well. So thank you very much for that. And until next week, well, I say next week, we'll have another one next Wednesday, but please join us on Sunday as well, as I mentioned. Thanks ever so much, everyone. Ta-ra. Cheers. Bye. Up the Arsenal. <laughs>